If you've been watching my channel for a while, if you've read one of my books, anything like that, chances are you may have heard me say some variation of the statement, don't make your woman your world. While this general idea, don't make your partner your world, I think is important for everyone. In this video, I wanna to talk to guys in particular because I see this issue coming up more often among my male coaching clients. Don't make your woman your world if you're curious to know what I'm talking about and why it's so important. I think you're going to wanna to see the rest of this video. My name is Zachary Stockhill, and since 2013, I've been working with men and women from all over the world, helping them overcome retroactive jealousy and save their relationships. If you'd like more information about my work or you'd like to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com. Before I get into the meat of this video, I'm gonna tell you a brief story. The first time I fell head over heels madly in love, I developed a syndrome that I like to call girlfrienditis. It's kind of a clunky name, but bear with me. I became what I now consider to be one of those girlfriend guys. You might know what I'm talking about. Girlfriend guys are those guys who are your best buddy and available and free and you know, able to spend time with you when they're single. But as soon as they get in a relationship with a woman, it's like they've, they've left the planet on some spaceship or something. They're unavailable, you can't get in touch with them. They're totally consumed with their new love interest. And again, of course, women do some variation of this too. I'm aware of that, but I'm a guy, I work with a lot of guys, and I've seen this in particular all the time among male clients as well as myself back in the day. There are a lot of reasons why guys do this. When you fall in love with someone and you're having great sex and they're incredibly attractive and they're funny and they're charming and you've got all these endorphins and all these hormones just coursing through your veins, of course there's a natural inclination to become absorbed by that person, to start spending almost all of your free time with that person, to you know, start spending every single night over at their house and you know, spending just about every waking moment together and texting them all day at work and all this stuff becoming totally consumed by your relationship. And again, this was me. The first time I fell head over heels in love, I did the exact same thing, and not for a short period of time, but for three or four years. Today, that is probably the biggest regret of my 20s, when I look back on my 20s. I'm in my mid-30s now, so I've got a bit of distance and perspective from that time. And I think it's one of the biggest mistakes I made as a young man, spending several years of my early 20s neglecting my other friendships, neglecting my life outside of the relationship. Making your woman your world presents all kinds of problems, not least of which is the toll it takes on your relationship. One of the lines that I quote all the time, one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite thinkers on relationships, a Belgian psychotherapist named Esther Perel. She has this great line. She says, desire needs distance. Sexual polarity is the lifeblood of any vital relationship. Masculine, feminine, yin, yang, some kind of sexual difference, some kind of difference in presence and energy is what builds attraction. We're generally not attracted to people who are exactly like us in every single way. We need some degree of distance there in order to create some sparks. And when you start spending all of your waking moments with one person, a number of things happen. The number one thing that happens is your sexual polarity, the kind of yin to their yang or whatever, the amount of distance between you or the amount of difference between you in your presence, in your energies, everything starts to kind of level out. Whereas before, maybe you were a little more masculine, all of a sudden you're kind of coming and being a little more feminine. And by the way, the same is true for your girlfriend where she starts kind of becoming a little bit more like you and you start becoming a little more like her. 
And it's this dreadful cycle where you want to spend all your time together, but then you stop having sex as much and your conversations get less interesting and you have less interesting things to share with each other because you're spending all of your time together. And thus the irony is what originally attracted you to each other in the first place starts to get lost. She starts becoming more like you, so she has less to bring to your life, less energy and less interests and less stories and all these things. And the same is true for you. In some ways, you fell in love with this woman because she was this kind of delicious mystery that you couldn't wait to unravel. There was something you wanted to know more about her. You wanted to know what she thought about certain things and you wanted to know how her skin felt. And you were drawn to this captivating woman in part because she was a little mysterious. And vice versa, the same is true with regard to your girlfriend or your wife's feelings for you. She was drawn to you because you were different and mysterious. And there was a certain distance there between you that she found intriguing. And when you separate that distance completely, when you stop making time for your other friendships, when you start neglecting your hobbies and interests, when you start spending every single waking moment together, obviously there's no more distance. And desire needs a certain degree of distance in any relationship. At the same time, for the guys watching this, your woman doesn't want to be your world. Even if she says she does, I don't think that's actually true. No woman wants to represent her man's entire galaxy. No woman wants to feel like your mother taking care of your every need. No woman wants to feel like you would completely crumble and fall apart without her. And the ones that do have their own issues, which I don't have time to get into right now. Another related component of this issue is increased feelings of what I call subconscious social anxiety. So human beings are social species to the core. We need other people. They say it takes a village to raise a child. In some ways, it takes a village to raise all of us well into adulthood. We need a broad base of social support. Obviously, some people need a broader base than others. I'm very introverted. My girlfriend is a little more extroverted, so she needs a broader base of social support than me. But to some extent, we all need this. We need family. We need friends. We need other people we can rely on other than our intimate partner. But when you don't do that, when you're like I was in my early 20s, where you're basically spending all of your time, all of your social interactions with one person, I think this creates a certain degree of subconscious anxiety because on some level you realize that this person represents my entire social safety net. And if I lose this person, I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna be alone. I'm gonna be isolated. I'm gonna be alienated. I'm not gonna have anyone to rely on for company or fun or sex or support. Needless to say, I'm not speaking against monogamy here or anything like that. The point I'm trying to emphasize is that when you rely on one person to represent your entire social world, that represents a serious problem and it adds some anxiety to the relationship, even if you don't necessarily realize it. By the way, for the retroactive jealousy sufferers or even the men struggling with just standard run-of-the-mill jealousy, I promise you, your symptoms of retroactive jealousy and obsessive jealousy will be worse the more you are relying on your partner to represent your entire social world. The less you are engaging with your friends and pursuing your own mission and pursuing your own goals, pursuing your own other friendships and other relationships, the more you are limiting your sense of meaning and purpose outside of your relationships, the more you will struggle with things like retroactive jealousy and or obsessive jealousy. So when I say don't make your woman your world, this is what I mean. And just to be absolutely clear, I hope it goes without saying, I am not suggesting you shouldn't value your relationship and you should try to be cool and create all this artificial distance and disengage from your, your partner. Needless to say, I hope I don't have to specify, that's not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is to not make the mistake that I made in my early 20s, which by the way, I don't make anymore. 
These days, I make time to schedule those calls with my family and to spend time with my friends and to broaden my base of social support because I know it's absolutely essential for my mental health in general. And it's also great for my relationship. It's great for sustaining attraction. Again, desire needs distance. So I hope this message resonates with a few of you watching it. Don't make your woman your world because I promise you, your mental health, your life, and your relationship will benefit the less you do it. Thanks for listening to the Zachary Stockhill podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. To learn more about my work on jealousy, relationships, and more, please check out my YouTube channel at Zachary Stockhill. For information about my online courses, books, and coaching service, please visit my website at retroactivejealousy.com.